subtract, let's just say that a uh, snake bit your mom right up here, right in the chest area, would you be willing to suck the venom out to win the title? No, but I will with your wife. Hello and welcome to the Pick and Roll Podcast. I'm Bill Golden. Alongside me, as always, is Kevin McLernan. Kev, when we last left off, it was right after Game 2 of the NBA Finals. We weren't too high on it being a long series. Obviously, we were holding out hope, and it turned out like we thought it would. Uh, I, I picked six games. I think you correctly picked it to end in five. Um, what are your thoughts now looking back on the series? I mean, it's, it, it was impressive what Cleveland did in game four uh, after going down 3-0. I mean, they just shot the lights out uh, in game four, but overall, pretty disappointing series uh, with two close games, really, uh, and the other three being blowouts. Right, yeah, and I mean, that last game, even though it was technically close, uh, it wasn't really a back-and-forth battle. The Warriors really controlled throughout. I don't know how close Cleveland got at all in the second half. It just seemed like there was no run in Cleveland, and they just kind of, I don't know, it was a, it was a weird game for me because I just expected them to make a run at some point, and it just never happened. And um, it, It's a shame because it doesn't look like at least the way that the NBA is right now, that anyone can compete with the Warriors in the near future. So it, it should be interesting to see. I, I know we have some stuff to talk about what, what craziness has already started this NBA offseason because I think a lot of it might be a reaction to the fact that the Warriors are as good as they are. Yeah, I, I mean, I think that's exactly why we, we saw everybody's been saying the, the offseason is already more exciting than the playoffs, where which, I mean, it definitely had a lot more surprises already with three trades in the last two days uh, involving some top teams in the, uh, in the draft and switching those picks. So uh, I think I think it is a reaction. People are realizing what they have in the future and they're they're altering it uh, to, to try to see what they can do in the next couple of years in free agency in the draft. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of teams were also, you know, trying to set themselves up. Some probably in the immediate future, but there's a lot of not only with like the Celtics and the Sixers and other teams now the Nets look like they they might be headed in a in a better direction. We'll get to that, but a lot of teams, even the ones that aren't rebuilding, look like they have a longer uh, picture. Along um, the rumors now with L.A. and LeBron, it just it seems like a lot of teams are looking two or three years down the line. So th- that's one of the things that's going to make this offseason more interesting. Also, you have you know, that dynamic, I think a lot of teams are willing to wait a couple years, especially with the way the Warriors look right now, but also in the East, obviously, if LeBron stays in Cleveland, it's going to be hard to, to overcome them in the next couple of years, especially if they can make a trade for a Paul George or Jimmy Butler. And I mean, that's, I mean, it's good for the teams that are planning ahead, but it's also kind of bad for the NBA because if teams are just kind of giving up on the next couple of years while the Warriors and Cavs are together, then it's just going to make a larger difference between those two teams and the rest of the league. 
Yeah, I'd have to agree with that. Um, And then I think if the Cavs can get a little bit better, the finals will still be great. I mean, the thing that was so disappointing about this season is the playoffs were, I mean, they weren't good. And then, because one, you knew what the result was going to be. And you know that some years, but it was just so obvious. And then they, they weren't even, the series weren't even close. It wasn't even like they had to really work that hard to get there. And then once they got there, I mean, they had great ratings, don't get me wrong. So I think the NBA is not that worried about it, but it wasn't even a close series. So, you know, I think if the Warriors and Cavs, if the Cavs can catch up to the Warriors, it'll be okay in the next couple of years because after that, you know, two, three seasons from now, I think the, the Celtics will be pretty pretty good. Milwaukee will be pretty good and, and Philadelphia will be pretty good. And there might be some trouble for LeBron to get to the finals in the East. And if LeBron goes West to L.A., with a couple other people, uh, maybe they can take down Golden State from that side. I don't know. Yeah, as it's set up right now in the East, those the three teams that you mentioned look look like the biggest threats. I mean, Washington has the the two guards, but salary cap wise, they're, they're kind of restricted right now. So um, unless they can add some more talent, Washington, I don't think can make that jump. And I mean, obviously, I don't think. I mean, I like the Sixers' future, but I don't think they're close to the Cavs at all right now. No, I agree with you wholeheartedly. I mean, you have Embiid, who's played 30-some NBA games. You have Ben Simmons, who's yet to play an NBA game. And then, well, I guess let's let's get right to it. Uh, the rumor now is that the Sixers will take Markel Fultz, number one overall, after, after trading with Boston. And I know this was something that you, Shane, and I talked about on the last podcast, the possibility of the Sixers trading up. And my worry was that they would give up too much. And uh, it's amazing, but they absolutely did not. Yeah, I'm shocked that they, all they have to give up is one of their one of the Kings or Lakers pick potentially, and uh, they're both protected, uh, both separ- separately and uh, protected in their own ways, but both top one protected. So the Sixers kind of gave themselves, hey, if the Lakers stink, which very could be possible this year, and they get the number one overall pick, the Sixers still get it. And two years from now, uh, the Kings pick still falls uh, if they get the top pick through the lottery the Sixers still keep it so I'm amazed at how uh that trade went through I mean there was just so much uh nervousness I know I was definitely one of those people when Clangelo took over that he would really screw this thing up and the Nerlens Noel trade seemed to be evidence of that that was in most people's opinion a pretty bad trade um you know which essentially was a second round pick uh but this is an unbelievable move for the Sixers I guess the question would be, what do you think from the Celtics perspective? Is it just that they didn't believe in Fultz and thought they could get just as good as a player at number three? Or what, what do you think the reasoning was here? Yeah, I, I think that I, I would assume that they have probably a list of three or four prospects in this draft that they all had ranked similarly. So they figured, hey, let's drop back two spots, still get one of these guys and get another asset uh, that they could potentially use to get Paul George or Jimmy Butler. Yeah, that's true. Um, I think what's odd about it, though, is it's it seems like a lot of people think Fulton Ball are are clearly above the rest of the of the players. Obviously, like you said, the Celtics must not agree with that. Uh, there was rumors that they were or they still are possibly going to take Josh Jackson, even though he refused to work out for them. What, what do you do? You read anything into that at all? That's kind of weird, isn't it? Apparently, from what I heard, which I, I've heard it's his agent saying that he didn't want to work out because apparently his agent is trying to get him to play right away, which on a team like Boston, 
Jackson might he's not going to be able to start next year. Um, but I, he would still get significant time. And then Jackson came out today and just said there wasn't enough time uh, after the trade went through um, to actually go to Boston and work out. Yeah, which, I mean, I don't buy that at all. Um, yeah, it sounds kind of sketchy. Yeah, I mean, first of all, there's the fact that there's a, the Celtics organization can put you on whatever next flight out. It doesn't matter the amount of money uh, to get you to Boston and then back to wherever you need to be. Um, and then the other well, the thing... Draft in, is the draft in New York, right? Uh, usually is. So I'm not, yeah, so I mean, Boston's not too far. He's going to New York anyway. Yeah, I mean, he he doesn't even he could even take the train there. I mean, it's that close. But you know, the other thing too is he could have possibly had them come to him if that's you know what it took. Maybe he could have worked out in New York if that's what he was so worried about. So I'm with you. It's it's really it's really odd. I don't believe his excuse, um, but you're probably right. It probably is that he wants to play immediately. And Boston's a good team, and you know he he won't start next year. And maybe he could in the future. But like you said with the speculation of the trade back, maybe they're trying to try to get Paul George. And then where does Josh Jackson fit in then? Well, I think that that pick would be involved in the trade if they were going to get Paul George. Right. Yeah. So he won't be, he won't be going to Boston, but I mean, he's a very similar player to uh, Jalen Brown. I think he's better than Jalen Brown, but they also used uh, that pick on him. uh, Number three overall last year on him. Uh, That's two guys who, have a lot of questions about their shot, but have a lot of athleticism and are good defenders. So, I mean, Boston is already in the trouble of having a lot of good quality players and no superstar. Uh, and I think with Jackson, they'd just be, they'd be adding another one for next year. All right. So I think we focused too much on the Celtics and that's probably my fault. Let's look back at the Sixers and I think they got uh, a great deal. And I think Fultz is going to be a great player. I know we talked about him and I'm pretty high on the guy. Um, I guess my question would be, what else do they need? You now probably have to get rid of Jalil Okafor still, but you have a really good core with Fultz, uh, with Fultz and Bede, uh, and Simmons. What, what are the Sixers missing? Well, I mean, I just want to go back to the point where you said we're both high on them and oh, I am, but I, I just want, I mean, everybody gets really hyped at this time of year and NBA draft coming. And, uh, I mean, we always hear, oh, this is the best draft in a while. I, I just want to point out that I, I think Fultz is the third best prospect on the Sixers when he gets drafted. I, I still like Embiid, obviously, better, and Ben Simmons. So I, I don't think – I mean, yeah, I like the trade, and I'm glad he's going to be on the team, but I still think the other two players are more important than Fultz. I, I totally agree with that. I see Fultz as the third piece in this equation. I think the upside on Embiid and Simmons are both higher, and I think they'll both be immediately better also. I mean, Embiid obviously already has some experience, and and Simmons has been you know with the organization already for some time. So he's been playing against, well, more recently anyway, some NBA players, and he will have some practice time also going forward. But I'm with you. I, I just But I, I'm excited, and I think that they now have three what I meant is they they just have three really good solid pieces that I think are future starters and possibly all three could be all star players. Um, but I just wonder is Sarge also going to be a starter going forward, and is that enough, or do they need more? Yeah, I mean, I, I think Covington is a good piece. I, I think that's going to be their their focus in the fall is once he is uh, able to sign his extension because he's on the last year of his contract. Um, is to extend Covington, and I think he'll be a key part of this core also. Um, And then, yeah, the question is, where does Dario fit in? Will he be part of a trade for a bigger player? 
um, because because of his fit on the team. I, I mean, I could see him coming off the bench and still playing more minutes than uh, the starter that he'd be replacing, but still coming off the bench nonetheless. Right. So as the team is assembled this year, I mean, there's a lot of hype in Philadelphia and they have some guys, like I said, the core right now is pretty good. They're all pretty young and they're not going to be at their full potential. Obviously, two guys have never even played in the NBA yet. So realistically, how many wins do you think the Sixers can get this year? I guess it's tough without knowing what they do in free agency. Um, But I think they have a legit shot at getting high 30s. I mean, they won 28 last year without Embiid uh, virtually playing the season. Ben Simmons not playing at all. Fultz obviously coming in and not playing the games last year. Uh, Jared Bayless, another piece. Uh, So they're not losing much. Um, It's just going to be a question of them all playing together because obviously they don't have a lot of uh, experience playing together at all. Yeah, that was the other thing I was going to bring up. Yeah, they just... You have the not playing at all, and then the, the additional factor, like you mentioned, of not playing together. Um, the good thing is that they're young, and they can learn to work together, I think, easier because of that. Uh, I think that yeah. by game 15 to 20, they'll, they'll be in a pretty good rhythm. But uh, the beginning of the season is probably going to be a struggle. There will be ugly moments, but uh, Sixers fans are pretty used to that um, ugly basketball thing. But uh, I think by midseason, you know, they're going to look really good. High 30s, low 40s, that could be good enough maybe for a playoff spot in the Eastern Conference. Um, but I think that yeah, they'll probably... 41 got in last year? Something like that, yeah. Yeah. So it that's the craziest thing about this is that they could be possibly in the playoff picture, um, at least right there at 9 to 10 or maybe even 8 at the end of the season. That would just be really exciting. Obviously, it wouldn't translate into much. But to do that in the first year would be awesome. I don't think that's the goal, but um, to, they should be at least in the hunt at the end, don't you think? Yeah, I mean, I still expect them to make some moves in free agency because, I mean, they have, like, they're bringing in Fultz and they still have a lot of other guys. They want to get Luau still minutes. Um, Stauskas is still on the team right now, um, and I don't know where he quite fits in with Jared, Gerald Henderson and Jared Bayless, so... Uh, yeah, it's gonna, it's gonna be interesting to see what they do, and I wouldn't be surprised if they go after a free agent uh, shooting guard like JJ Redick. Yeah, that there's a lot of rumors surrounding JJ Redick, at least from the Sixers community side. I just wonder if guys would be interested in playing for the Sixers because you know they're not ready to win right now. Um, JJ's been on a winning team the past couple of years. Obviously, they, they haven't been able to get over the hump. That's something we've talked about. Do you realistically think J.J. Redick would be interested in signing here? I don't know too much about J.J. personally, so I don't know if if he's in for this, this kind of less big contract that he would get or if he, if he wants to be... Uh, uh, I mean, really, realistically, he would have to go to, uh, at this point, uh, Cleveland... Boston, San Antonio, or Golden State to be a contender, right? Um, yeah, I would. I would think that's probably the extent of the teams that are contending right now. I mean, Boston still probably needs a little bit more um, to get to get over that hump to be able to beat Cleveland. But that's obviously going to be, like you mentioned before, a lot of the speculation surrounding Paul George between Boston and Cleveland for the most part. But yeah, I mean, that's I guess the decision you have to make at some point as a veteran. Do you want to? kind of take a little bit less money to have a shot at winning or would you rather get a full contract for a team that's not as good so um 
Is there anyone else you think the Sixers will try to go after? I mean, obviously, I'm, I'm sure you saw the Iguodala thing um, that he said he, he's going to test free agency, but I, I can't see him uh, coming to the Sixers. Um, Lowry looks out of the question now. I know we've talked about that before. We were both kind of scared that the Sixers were going to offer him the max. Um, but after uh, drafting Fultz, I don't see that happening either. And then there's always uh, Caldwell Pope uh, from Detroit. Um, but I would be very uh, leery of giving him a big contract. Yeah, me also. I haven't seen enough from him. I, I, I don't really think he's going to be much better than he already is. Um, I don't know. He probably will demand a lot of money from somebody. Um, I'm with you. I, I wouldn't want to give him too much money either. Um, Otto Porter also. I forgot about him. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, so, I mean, they, they can definitely get better. It's just going to be a matter of, of uh, our guys willing to come here and play. But the good thing is the Sixers now with this addition of Fultz, I think are in a really good position. And a, a lot of people are high on the Sixers going forward. Obviously not in the immediate future, but two to three years from now, um, we could be talking about them potentially on the verge of becoming you know, a championship contender, depending on what the rest of the NBA looks like, obviously. But... Um, I think I think free agents may be interested. I, I again, I just think it's too early for 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 that. But um, guys have to land somewhere, and they're, they're going to demand money from somebody. So if the Sixers are willing to pay someone, they could probably get someone that's that's decent, like you mentioned, a couple guys. Um, as, as long as we don't give them a Mozgov Mozgov type of contract. All right, so let's transition to the result of that contract, which is the Lakers trading uh, Timothy Mozgov or Timothy Mozgov, sorry, and D'Angelo Russell to the Brooklyn Nets for Brooke Lopez and the 27th overall pick. What do you think about this one? I, I was shocked, but I guess I shouldn't be uh, because there's been a lot of talk about the Lakers and D'Angelo Russell, how a lot of their front office weren't big fans of them anymore. Um, so I mean, great job by Brooklyn. <laughs> I'll say that, uh, they have been in limbo and they look like they're going to be there for a while. And they got a guy with a lot of potential and he's 21 years old. Uh, and they really didn't have to give up much. They gave up Brooke Lopez, who's probably going to leave after this year. Um, and they have plenty of cap space to eat up uh Moscow's contract. Yeah. I really like the move for Brooklyn. Uh, you know, the thing about D'Angelo is even if he doesn't have the highest ceiling, I think he's good enough where he's getting, he will be good enough to at least be a starter in this league. And, you know, that's something that, you know, you, you need to have, obviously. I mean, D'Angelo was a high pick and I get that. And you always want the potential of the all-star and it doesn't always happen, but at least he's not a complete bust. You know, I think he'll be a starter for at least eight to 10 years in the NBA. And that's something, um, but especially on that team. <laughs> oh yeah, that's true. But yeah, like you said, going forward, they have a young kid. At least they have somebody that they can look at and say, maybe, maybe he'll become an all-star um, that we can build around. And they, they don't know that for now, but yeah, they've, 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 that's a really good move for them. What do you think about from the Lakers perspective? I mean, this is just, they're opening up cap space for next summer. Um, whether they get Paul George in a trade or not, uh, this year they're going to have the money because Brooke Lopez's contract ends after this year, so they're going to have the money to pay Paul George and potentially another big-time free agent. But, I mean, this is this is all, all a play for next summer, really. Yeah, so I guess in, in terms of that, it, it was a good move. Do you think they got enough back, though, 
for D'Angelo? I mean, they got rid of the Mozgov contract, and I think that was their biggest priority. Um, and they didn't. They were basically saying, uh, in my opinion, we'll give you anybody except for Brandon Ingram as long as we can get rid of this contract. And I, I think a lot of the front office weren't too high on D'Angelo, so it was a perfect fit for them. Uh, I, I would have expected them to be able to get more out of D'Angelo, though. Yeah, I, I agree with you. But I guess, like you said, getting rid of Mozgov was was um, it's a big deal, and it's really hard. I think Brooklyn might have been the only team that willing to do that at this point. Um, I, I could be wrong, but that's just such a bad contract. Um, and and now the Lakers probably they still have the number two pick. Fult, with Fultz definitely probably being gone now, going to the Sixers, do they take Lonzo Ball? I mean, it all kind of points that way, right? Yeah. I, I would assume they do. Uh, I Actually, I would assume it's either Ball or Fox. I, I think as you're giving up D'Angelo, you're, you're, you're drafting a point guard who you want the ball in their hands, and that's kind of why you, you get rid of D'Angelo, to give him the ball more. Um I won't be shocked either way, but I, I would guess ball at this point. Do you think taking Fox at two is too high? No, I don't think so. I, I had him ranked third in my big board, so and higher than Lonzo. I had Lonzo at four. But you don't think the Lakers taking ball, right? I, I don't know if I would go that far, but I if I had to bet, I would bet on Fox. Um, so I guess you could say that I don't think they're going to take ball, but it's not like I would be surprised or anything if they did take ball. I think you're right. It's between those two players at this point. Um, obviously with the, the Russell trade, that's the way they're going to go. It would seem anyway. Um, but I think I just, I don't know why I think this, but I I think it's going to be Fox. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, the the fact that the Lakers haven't said anything, um, I'm kind of also, it's becoming more towards leaning towards Fox. Um, because, I mean, they know the Sixers are taking faults, so I don't know why they don't, if they were taking Lonzo, I figured they would have just told him by now. Right, right. And the other thing, too, is it's, it's balls, the ball family and their, um, you know, their, they seem to speculate a lot about him going to the Lakers. And I just, if I'm the Lakers, I think I would either want to just move on and say, yeah, that's what we're doing, or at least shut it down the other way um, and, and kind of be like, we're going to go in another direction. I don't know. Maybe they're staying quiet to, to see if there's going to be trade or something. I, I don't know what the point would be. I, th- I think the NBA likes to tell the teams to not come out with who they're taking just because they want people to watch the draft and want the surprise and all that. Like, I don't know if you watch the Colangelo um, – press conference after the trade went through um but it, it was kind of like he didn't want to and it's so obvious that the six are taking folds i mean he came in for the workout and then the trade went through um yeah. but he didn't he, he refused to say he's like he didn't want to talk about any individual players specifically uh for the number one pick so I, I don't know i think the nba might want them to be quiet about it yeah you're probably right i mean fans would probably watch anyway but it does make for more suspense when it's not announced in advance i i I do kind of hate it when uh, the NFL. So I think it's happened before where they actually sign players before the draft. That's happened, right? Yeah, I was talking about this the other day. Jake, do you remember Jake Long got drafted by Miami and he signed like a four-year deal like a week or so before? Yeah. I think Jamarcus Russell did it too. Yeah, I, 
that I kind of hate that because I mean it's one thing to speculate and even if the team announces I don't know it's just the fact that the guy is getting signed before draft night it kind of ruins the whole draft night feel like the draft night is supposed to be the first moment that you can enter the league and for you to be able to sign a contract before then I, I get that it it should be allowed because I mean they have the number one pick what's the difference but I, I just from a fan's perspective it's it's weird and I don't I don't really like it but then on the other hand, I, I get annoyed when uh, the first team has been on the clock for four months and then they take forever. They take all their time on the uh, the draft pick, even though they, they know who they're going to take. I get their fielding offers and all that, but uh, watching the draft take long enough. So I feel like the first pick should be quick. Yeah, I mean, I would I'd almost be for them saying the first pick doesn't have any time and that when the draft starts, they have to have their pick in um, to avoid that whole waiting for them to field calls you had four months to field calls um and, and talk to people about possibly trading your pick i understand that I guess the nba is only one month but still well whatever it is there's there's so much time leading up to the draft where you could have done that it's suspenseful i suppose when you're watching but i i, I like it for second pick after but the first pick like you said they already know who they're going to take and it's just a matter of whether someone's going to throw you know their entire roster at them to get that pick um, yeah, but I mean, if the Sixers take more than thirty seconds, that's going to be you know that's going to annoy me because they're not they're not going to trade this pick after you know everything that's that's gone through to this point. I, you know, it's just no one's going to offer enough for them to get rid of it. So, um, also a, a side note because um, I guess it's not a side note, but the Lakers uh, did you hear the rumors that they were trying to trade with Boston also for the first pick? No, I didn't. So, yeah, there was rumors that Magic wanted to move up, but the ironic part was about it. Uh, he couldn't, he didn't have enough to trade, and they couldn't trade the number two pick overall in the trade because you have to, I think you have to own your first pick, to, or you can't lose your first round pick two years in a row or something like that. And since they don't have their 2018 pick, they couldn't use the second pick overall. Wow, really? I think it was something like that, yeah. I never heard of that rule. That's that's strange. I don't know why would they. Why would that be a rule? I don't know. Well, I, I can understand why in the future they they don't want teams trading future picks away. Why not? Uh, I mean, just uh, I guess so. Like a team can't have like trade away their twenty, twenty one, and twenty two, uh, like all those picks away and then not have the future, I guess. I don't know. Like kind of what Boston or uh, Brooklyn did. Yeah, uh, I guess. I mean, I guess it's a limit on self-destruction. I think it's a new role, but I could be wrong about the Lakers, but I thought I heard it. Well, I mean, if the rumor was that they didn't have enough, then that's probably true because the number two pick is, you know, obviously pretty valuable. Um, but maybe the Celtics were just not interested in, whatever else they, they have on their roster. I don't know. Um, all right, well, let's move to the last trade that's happened in, in the past couple of days. Uh, I think this was yesterday, the day before. Uh, the Atlanta Hawks, and I don't know if you saw this, but Dwight Howard was actually tweeting, um, and he said he was allowing people to tweet at him questions and allowing people to speculate. And five minutes after he started fielding questions about free agency and trade speculation, it was announced that he himself had been traded for Miles Plumley, Marco Bellinelli. I couldn't believe he was still in the league and the 41st pick for Howard and the 31st pick. Um, 
I don't know what to think of, of this, of this trade. It's, it's kind of strange. Uh, I, I was very confused by it at first. Um, I, to, to go to your Bellinelli point, even when Woj tweeted it out, he spelled Bellinelli's name wrong, which Woj never messes up on his tweets. So that just shows you how much everybody pays attention to Bellinelli anymore. Yeah, I mean, I, he was pretty relevant uh, for a couple of years there. But if, if you had asked me before the podcast started, you know, where's Marco Bellinelli? I would have guessed playing overseas somewhere because uh, they just hadn't heard his name in so long. Um, but Charlotte's a place you can get lost. I mean, in all of our podcasts, I can't remember, except for the ones where we preview the, the season, we hardly ever talk about Charlotte. It just just seems like a, a random organization. Um, but this is a big trade for them. They end up getting Dwight Howard, um, who I always hate to talk about, but I don't mind as much right now because they didn't give up a whole lot to get him, I don't think. Um, two guys who I, d- I doubt played very much for them during the season, and they get a guy they can start at center. I think they're better off because of it. I don't know what Atlanta was thinking, um, except for, I guess, moving up. Or they moved backwards, right? Uh, I don't know the specifics of the trade. I uh, thought Atlanta moved back. Yeah, so then I, I don't get it at all. Maybe they're just <sighs> dumping contract. I'm not sure. Maybe Dwight's contract yeah, is Plumlee big. Plumlee has a huge contract. But is it how many years are left? I Well, yeah, by huge, I thought I think he has three years left on his contract. Really? Still, and Dwight only has two. So this is an awful trade for them. I I don't understand it. Because I, I would not want to take on that Plumlee contract, and which has been traded twice already. He was just traded from the Bucks to the Hornets um, mid-year. Yeah, I'm looking at and it right now. now. He is signed through 2020. So, yeah, so the next three years. And he's making 12 and a half each year. Yeah, 12 and a half. I'm looking at that. I, I don't get it. <laughs> and they moved backwards, too. I mean, I yeah, man, I don't know. I can't think of a single explanation for that. Plumlee's now the third highest paid player in the Hawks. You know, that's just well, I'm looking baffling. at, I guess, Howard signed through 2019, and he was getting he's getting paid 23 mil. So I guess they shed. Oh, he's getting paid that much? Oh, I didn't realize Dwight's contract was that much. Wow. Yeah, so maybe if, let me look up Marco's contract. So maybe um, that's that's 10 million. I mean, that's that's not nothing. You know, Bellinelli's probably making like eight or nine, though. My guess. Let's see. Yeah, I mean, that would be the only thing that I could, you know, getting ten million dollars. Uh, he's making, he's signed through twenty eighteen, making six million. So they, what they do? They made up four million dollars, and yeah. and lost. I, I don't get it, but it's a great trade for Charlotte. I think you know, they're. I think they're going to try to make a run in the immediate future if they're going to make a trade like this. That would be my guess. Yeah, but their their um, their depth charts is kind of weird. I mean, they got your boy Frank, um, and then they got Zeller. Uh, I think is Marvin Williams still on the team. They got Michael K. Gilchrist, um, and then Kemble Kemble Walker and mm-hmm. Batum, obviously. So uh, it's it's kind of a weird place for all those guys to be on one team together. Yeah, I, I'd have to agree with that. Um, they're probably going to have to to move somebody else. It looks like. Kemba Walker is actually the sixth highest paid player on the team now, which is... Oh, that's just frustrating. Yeah, it's ridiculous, but... Yeah, I feel... contract up? 
probably this year or next year. No, he's signed through 2019. Oh, man. He's only making... a contract for Kemba. Yeah, he's only making $12 million a year. That's a great deal for Charlotte. But, yeah, I agree with yeah. you. Maybe they can package a couple of these players and get somebody else because... I mean, Kemba and, and, and Dwight and Batum, that's a nice, that's a nice, uh, you know, a nice core. Um, they probably need one player, though, that's that's better than all of them, and I don't know that they can get them. They're not really in the Paul George or Jimmy Butler, any anything, at least like, as far as I've heard. They can't afford that. I mean, with all those contracts, I don't think they, because I think Marvin Williams is making a good amount of money. Marvin Williams is making $13 million, yeah. Yeah. Michael so. K. Gil- Michael K. Gilchrist is making $13 million. Oh, that's right. His kicked in. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So. Yeah, that's that's not good for them. Unless unless Kid Gilchrist can find a shot that he hasn't found in the last six years, then that's not a good contract for them. All right. Well, is there anything else you wanted to talk about? I mean, those were all on the trades. I mean, if we could talk about some about the draft. I mean, I'm interested in where you think uh, Lowry marketing is going to go? Because I know, I know you talked about him being on your top eight big board for the Sixers, but I'm not a big fan of him at all. And I was wondering how, uh, if, he, if you think he'll go in the top ten. I do think he'll go in the top ten. Um, I'm glad you brought him up because I, I saw a ridiculous speculation that the Knicks were interested if they ended up trading oh. Porzingis to draft marketing to replace Porzingis. And I... I Listen, I, I like Laurie. I think he can be a good, you know, three-point shooter. He's tall. That's But that's the extent of what I think he'll be. To suggest that he could in any way replace Porzingis is, is, is offensive. Yeah, he's, he's, not, he's not Porzingis. Just because he's tall and he's white and he can shoot it does not mean he's Porzingis. And if the Knicks trade Porzingis... Um, I think every Knicks fan should find another team and root for them because there should be no Knicks fans anymore uh, until Phil Jackson is fired. I, I, 100, I 100% agree. Um, but it, it looks like it's quieted down and that, that uh, Chris Topps' brother came out and said that even though, I think he's, what did he say exactly? It was something along the lines of uh, even even with the way that the Knicks organization treats their players, uh, Chris Topps is still going to uh, remain on the team. So I guess... Essentially, he's doing the right thing. He he's under contract and he'll he'll play. Um, he's not going to refuse to to play. I didn't expect him to do that. That's that's a little bit much. Um, maybe demand a trade, um, but it doesn't look like he's going to do that either. So, but you know what? This is becoming. It reminds me of Dirk Nowitzki because you know he was the last really good, you know, white European player who was tall and could shoot. And every player that came in the league after him that was remotely like that was compared to Dirk and it seems like now that Dirk is is older and and kind of washed up and Kristaps is on the rise it seems like every European white player is going to be compared to Kristaps right yeah I would assume and and that's the funny part about the draft is like everybody needs to find like all these guys who do uh, when they're on the radio or TV they always need to find a comparison for every guy and I mean, I've heard that Jonathan Isaac and Kevin Durant won, which is even more absurd than marketing to Kristaps. And I mean, you're never going to find a player that fits each player perfectly. And it's just ridiculous to try to compare them because then it's too tough to fit one person into a mold of another, I think. Oh, without a doubt. I mean, it's very rare you find players even similar. Um, you know, there's just, 
it's too much to be different. Like you said, I mean, there's the athleticism, height, wingspan, ability to dribble, pass, shoot, rebound. I mean, play defense. There's just so many elements that can be different uh, between players. I don't mind when they do it like they, they say that somebody did a combination of two players. Um, that's a little bit less offensive, but I, I'm with you. It's it's. I don't know why they feel like they need to compare it. I guess what it is is they're just trying to, you know, for people that I guess wouldn't know different technicalities, they can say, oh, he's like this player, so they have an idea in their mind of what they look like. But like you said, it just it lends itself to unrealistic expectations and ridiculous comparisons. Um, I'm with you. I didn't hear the Isaac Durant thing, but that's crazy. You know, Kevin Durant is, there's no one ever like him before. He's not like anyone else. And it's going to be a long time, maybe never, where you see someone like Kevin Durant. Um, it's, that's crazy. Yeah. And I mean, I, I mentioned Kawhi when I was talking about Josh Jackson, but I didn't compare them to, I just, I wanted to say that like, it, that's his, that's how he plays on defense. But I mean, if Josh Jackson ever becomes anything like Kawhi, then he'll be a great player, but I'm not saying that he is. Well, that's the other thing too. I think it's okay to say like one, a player is like this person in this one direct way. You know what I mean? Like they yeah. can shoot really well like this person or their their mechanics are similar. I remember I made mention of Sean Marion just because he had an odd shooting style also. <laughs> yep. um, but obviously there's no comparison between those two players. That's ridiculous. So, you know, it's just, yeah. um, just one of those things. And it gets people, gets people's hopes up, like you said. I mean, I, I will be very shocked if marketing becomes anything like Kristaps uh, and if Phil Jackson is really trying to pl- replace him. Um, well, if he's trying to trade Kristaps, then he should be fired. But if he try, tries to place him with Markinen, then it's even worse. Yeah, I, I don't know. I wouldn't. I wouldn't get rid of Kristaps for really almost anything at this point. I mean, he's already proven that he's really good, and I think there's potential for him to get even better. Um, he's so young. He's athletic. I mean, the guy's just really good. Um, and you don't. In my opinion, you don't trade young, good talent like that um, that has that much potential. It's not. It's. I think it's different than D'Angelo Russell because I think Kristaps is already better, and I think he has a higher ceiling. Right. Uh, well, I've never been a big fan of D'Angelo, right. um, but yeah, I would agree. I mean, the big problem is defensively. Um, like, where does does Chris? Would have Kristaps been able to fit on the floor against the Warriors in the finals? Uh, is he quick enough for that kind of stuff? That's that's the only big question around him. Otherwise, uh, yeah, he's a good shot blocker. The rim can shoot obviously and uh, can score in multiple ways uh, if he's posting up or anything like that. He's got he got to gain some weight still, but he's still so young. Right. Exactly. Is there any other players you wanted to talk about? I mean, you probably, I mean, I didn't get to watch the national championship game or anything like that, but I heard that's when Zach Collins was playing his best. Did you get a chance to see him in the tournament? Because every time I saw him, he was in foul trouble. Um, yeah, I mean, I didn't, personally, I didn't see anything that great. Um, I, I'm not that hot. Warren's a lottery pick. R- right. Um, I mean, I don't know. I wouldn't say he's not a lottery pick, but he's, I wouldn't pick, I don't know if I would take him in the top 10. Um, I say that and I would take Laurie, but I just, I see Laurie fitting into a specific role that's useful. Whereas Zach Collins, it seems like and the, the reason I say this too, and I know that Laurie could be compared similarly, but I've made mistakes with players that are tall white guys. Um, 
you know, in the past couple of drafts that I thought would be good and that they ended up not so good. So that's my, I think, my other hesitation. Yeah, I mean, he, he, that kind of position, even though he can shoot a little from what I've seen uh, Collins as. Um, but, yeah, it's just going to be uh, – he didn't really play too much in college. He was back up on his team um, and fouled a lot. Um, another player who I'm really high on, um, Dylan Brooks from Oregon. I think he should be like a mid first round pick, uh, like somewhere late teens or 20, uh, early twenties. What do you think about him? Yeah, I'm with you. I really like Dylan Brooks. Uh, I think he could, I think there's potential there. Um, I would, I'm very confident that he'll be solid, a solid NBA player. Like I think he's a safe bet. Um, and I also think he's got a decently high ceiling. Um, I, I I like him a lot. Um, I don't know why he's not getting talked about more, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, he's not a freak athlete, but he's not a bad athlete. I mean, um, he, I, guess, I guess he's not getting any attention because he didn't do too much in college. Uh, I mean, he was injured last year, but besides scoring, um, I think his re- total rebounds and uh, assists are pretty low. But that, that team was pretty... Uh, pretty balanced overall, and I think they kind of shared all the stats together, that Oregon team. Um, there's another player I wanted to ask you about, Frank Mason. Uh, I know he's probably mid to late second rounder. What do you think about him? Yeah, he's he's a weird one because usually you think of those guys, the the four-year players that um, who, who come on strong right at the end as they're just kind of used to the college game and uh, not great athletes, um, but Frank really did a pretty good job at the combine, um, showing his athleticism. But he's pretty short, six foot. Um, I wouldn't spend a first round pick on him. I would definitely pick him in the second round. But um, I could see him being like a, a lifetime backup in the NBA. Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. Uh, he's like a lifetime backup point guard. I would take him probably not in the first round either, but I would take him pretty high in the second round to be honest. Um, the thing about him, like 36 overall, would you take him? Absolutely. Right. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, the thing, like you said, he's, he's pretty athletic. Um, I guess the only downside, and you mentioned this also is his height, but I mean, the guy can really score the basketball. Um, you know, he can shoot a little bit. Um, so that that's shoot a little bit. He was like leading the NCAA in three point percentage this year at one point. Really? I think he shot like 44 percent from three. I think by the end of the year. Yeah, which is you know one of those things. If you're going to be, um, you know, a backup point guard, I think it's 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 a great feature to have to be able to shoot. Um, but yeah, he, he he's he's a good player. I think he could be a, a lifetime backup player. Um, the other two, there's two guys I want to ask you about in combination and that's the two guys from South Carolina PJ Dozier and and uh Cinderius Thornwell something tells me that they got a huge bump from making the final four run is that is that right or would they both have been in consideration oh, 100%. Dozier Dozier would not have come out if they didn't if they lost in the second round to Duke in the tournament they Dozier would not be coming out in the draft right now and then Cinderius Thornwell is he, is he considered as a second round pick if they don't make the final four I mean, I see. I've seen him in the late first in some drafts. Um, really? I, yeah, I, I I would not spend a first round pick on him. Um, everybody talks about how great defensively he can be, but I mean that team was just so good defensively that I don't. It's hard to tell how good 
individual he was. I mean, maybe you watched more games than I did, obviously. What do you think about his defense? No, the guy, the guy can definitely play defense. The thing that I worry about is is offensively. He just, he's not good on offense. Um, there's games where he's just completely awful. Um, he's a Frank Mason player. He's he's tough. He plays defense, and he's okay on offense. That's that's basically the entire South Carolina roster. Um, he averaged twenty one points though. Like, I, he, he, t- he took a lot of shots. Oh, okay. Um, he, I mean, he averaged seven rebounds from from the point guard shooting guard position this year. Um, so you know, it, that, to me, it's more of a defensive statistic than it is an offensive one. Um, but, yeah, but but you're right. I mean, they were really good defensively. I just think that that I, from what I saw, he he definitely could play some defense. But I mean, I'm really low on him. I I don't think that he'll make it in the NBA. To be perfectly honest with you, now PJ Dozier. Oh, I would definitely take Dozier over Thornwell. If, yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, I mean Dozier is. They have listed um, where I'm looking right now an inch apart height wise. I don't think that's true. Um, those are also just potentially could still grow. He's only 20, um, but he's just more athletic. And there's just so much more potential there. He's not as good right now, but there's so much more potential for him to be better. But I, I think it's crazy that people are th- considering drafting him now because he won't be good for, I mean, at least two or three years. Well, the you could use a second round pick on him and have that because the extra two spots. That uh, that you can have them play in the D League and then come up. We could use one of those spots on them. Yeah, I mean it would just be awesome because he went to South Carolina. I mean, totally different sport. But Alshon Jeffrey now playing for the Eagles is like the coolest thing ever. Um, especially you know being there when he was playing, it would be awesome for Dozier to be a Sixer for the same reason. But you're right. I mean, we could stick him down in the D League, I suppose, um, and let him play there for a couple of years because he he's he's raw right now. Yeah, it was pretty cool a couple of years ago seeing Tim Frazier play for the Sixers, even though it, it didn't last too long. But I mean, he got a—he's making some money now in the NBA, which I never really thought he would while watching him at Penn State. Yeah, well, there's some guys who they just there's two. I think there's two things they could do. Either one, they find this niche role, um, and they just kind of stick to it, and that that le- leads to a decently long NBA career. And the other thing too is some guys get better, even even though they played three or four years. Some guys just develop later, um, which is yeah, crazy. And that's but. the big question about these guys. I mean, everybody gives up on them right now. Not not that the Lakers were giving up on D'Angelo, but I mean, some guys just take a little to develop their game. And I mean, Jimmy Butler. I mean, how long did it take him? Kyle Lowry. These guys were all stars this year, and they weren't great in their rookie and sophomore years. Um, sometimes you just have to trust in your own system and be able to develop the players. Yeah, that's true. Um, I'll ask you about one more guy because I personally saw him. Some of these guys in the second round, to be honest, I didn't see too much of them, but I did watch a Blossom lot of game. What's that? I thought you were going to say Blossom game. No, actually, I was going to say um, uh, Davon Reed. I don't know if you saw him play at all, though. He... I didn't really get to see too much. I okay. heard he can shoot pretty well. Um, not like an out-of-the-gym athlete, right? No, 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 no. He's um, – yeah. He's another guy I'm not sure that I would I would draft. Um, I don't see him as an NBA player. He was okay in college, um, playing at Miami, so that's why I saw a lot of him. But um, but I'm surprised again that that he's um, that he's going to be drafted. But you can talk about Boston game if you want. I didn't watch too much of him to be honest. Oh no, I, I just assumed you would have seen more of him than I have. I, I think 
I mean, it's just kind of weird. His, his stock has gone down like each of the last three years and he stayed in college. Um, I think he shot really poorly this year. Um, but I would be surprised if he gets drafted. Another player was, uh, Caleb Swanigan. I I'm sure you didn't watch too much Purdue this year, but I mean, I have so many questions about his foot movement and I mean, he can rebound and he can score down low, but in this kind of NBA, I just don't know how Swanigan fits in. Yeah. I'm with you. Um, I think I'd be willing to to take him, but I don't know how high. I think I'd be comfortable taking him in the second round, probably. But I, yeah. I would I'd really hesitate in the first round because I, I I think he could he could be an NBA player. But uh, I'm with you. I'm I'm a little skeptical also. And then I'm all, I'm always skeptical of the, the the big guys that have one good season or or they're just kind of freak athletes that don't know how to play basketball. I mean, John Collins from Wake Forest had a good year. I really don't know how good he is. Justin Patton uh, from Creighton, I saw him a couple times and wasn't too impressed. Uh, Jared Allen from Texas and Ike Anagbogu, I think that's how you pronounce it, from UCLA. Th- those guys uh, would scare me if they're getting drafted late lottery, uh, late team. Uh, yeah, I mean, the thing is, you for me, in the lottery, I, I'm looking at potential. You know, I want I want somebody that I think could be uh, really good. Um, but sometimes there's not that many players in the draft like that. So there's one other player I wanted to ask you about, though. I think both of us probably saw a lot of him. Um, most of the country saw at least a decent amount of him last year, and that's that's Josh Hart. He really got a lot better um, over time in college. Do you think he has potential to get even better than he's gotten the past couple of years? Or do you think he's kind of flatlined? What do you see out of him? I think Josh Tart's going to be, he's going to be an NBA player, but I think he's, he's going to be what you see, right? Uh, he doesn't have a huge potential, but he knows the game of basketball. I hate the comparison with him and Brogdon just because they both went to college four years. Um, I think he's a better shooter than Brogdon, even though Brogdon shot pretty well this year. Um, yeah, that was surprising. So I, I think, I mean, if he's there, 36 for the Sixers, I, I really wouldn't mind it. Um, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't spend a f- first-round pick on him if I was the Sixers, like jumping up and taking him. No, no, I don't think he's a first-round player at all. Um, I'm not sure about him either way. I, I don't have a strong feeling um, I, I'm with you on the fact that I don't think his ceiling is very high and that he won't be um, much better than he probably is now. But I could I, I could see him fitting in the NBA long term, but at the same time I could also see him just not making it. I just um, I guess I'm not really I'm not really sure about him to be honest. Yeah, I think Bridges uh, on the Nova team is the best NBA prospect from that team and he decided to go back. Uh, obviously Hart didn't have that decision since he was a senior, but right. Um, yeah. I mean, Chris Jenkins is coming out too from that team. I doubt he gets drafted. Um, he's just not an athlete at all, but yeah, Hart's definitely worth a flyer. If he's there in the second round, in my opinion. Yeah. The thing about, um, I'm sorry, you just said his name, but not <laughs> slipping my mind. Jenkins, uh, to me, I just like, He's just slow, right? I mean, he's not athletic overall, but isn't he? He's really slow. I mean, it surprised me that he was as effective as he was. Um, he lost a lot of weight in college. He came in at like 300 pounds to Nova. Really? Yeah, he was huge. Wow. What position yeah. did he play down low in, in high school? Or I'm not sure. 
That's crazy. Yeah. So, I mean, he lost a lot of weight the first couple of years at Nova and then obviously hit the game winning shot and him and Hart tested the NBA draft last year and both decided to return. But I mean, Jenkins just, he doesn't have the speed to play a smaller position. He's not tall enough to play a bigger position. Right. So he's just kind of stuck in that. I mean, he'll make plenty of money, uh, overseas, uh, in Europe probably. Um, any other players that you, do you want to talk about? I mean, we, we hit the top eight last time we talked, um, a couple players. I mean, that'll go high that I'm not high on. We talked about marking in, uh, Luke Kennard. I, I don't think, uh, is going to do too much in, in the NBA. Yeah. Uh, can we talk about him for a second? I, I don't understand. Kennard, yeah. I don't understand this. Um, the, the list I'm looking at now is in 12th. I've, I've seen him higher than that. This is madness to me. I, this guy is not going to be that good of an NBA player. I don't. I don't get it. I mean, I, I've watched. I've been watching uh, old old games or games from last season. Um, couple, uh, couple last couple weeks, and saw a couple Duke games. I mean, Kennard knows the game. Um, he's very good at kicking out and finding the open man when he drives. But I mean he uses that chicken wing every time he drives. And I think he's going to be called for it all the time in the NBA because he's not athletic and can't get away with it. Yeah. I just, uh, and, and he's not going to be able to play defense at six, five and only a six, five wingspan. Right. Yeah. I mean, from what I've seen, he's, he's, he's a good player. I'm not saying he's not good. I just, I just don't see him as an NBA player. I just don't think he's, he's good enough period. But who else are you going to yeah. talk about? Sorry. Um, I mean, I barely saw this guy because he, he got hurt uh, during the years. Uh, OG Ananobi, I don't know what you think about him. I mean, everybody loves his athleticism, but uh, like I said, I, I didn't really get to see him. No, I don't I don't have any thoughts, honestly, because I didn't watch much of him at all. Yeah, and then TJ Leaf, I think people are way too high on the power forward from UCLA. Yeah, the list I'm looking at uh, has him at 21. Do you think that's too high? Uh, no, that's not too bad then. Yeah, I, I've seen him like close to 10 12 yeah no, that, that's crazy and I think that's high yeah i would yeah. agree with that definitely no i think he's i think he's um a good picket at you know somewhere around late teens might be too high actually maybe in the 20s it's probably about right for him yeah but then uh i think the last the last player i would note on is harry giles i think if he can stay healthy i think he's the top five player in this draft no doubt that's crazy. It, the list I'm looking at has him at 26. I, where, how high have you seen him? I wouldn't. I mean, without knowing uh, anything, I mean, all I know is that he's had uh, surgeries on both knees. I don't know the health about them now. He barely played at Duke. Uh, but just seeing some of his film and, and watching him at Duke when he did play, uh, I think he could be like, uh, <laughs> just, to, just to give you a player, uh, Joel Embiid. Like, I think he can be a, a smaller player like that in that mold, right? Um, where would you take him, I guess? You, so you're saying that you're not sure because you, you'd want to know more about his knees? Yeah, I mean, I mean, for all I know, he could just be injured his whole career. But I, I would take him 10, like the late lottery, 10 to 14. Yeah, just because you think he's got so much potential, it's worth the risk. Yeah, I mean, he can shoot. He can handle the ball. Um, like he can lead a fast break. I, I think, I mean, that's so valuable to have a center to be able to do that in today's game. Yeah, definitely. 
All right. Well, the draft is coming up Thursday. Uh, I think coverage is at seven, but it really starts a little bit after eight, probably. Um, is that true? I was wondering that. I had no clue when it starts. They, 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 it says says seven, but who really knows when the first picks drafted? Yeah. Um, well, usually there's like an hour of coverage before, so I have to check like the actual Comcast listing to see because usually they'll break it up on there. But um, yeah. yeah, I mean, I'll be tuning in around seven anyway to to watch whatever whatever they're talking about. Um, maybe it, there'll be Talk a trade or something. For an hour. Yeah, um, and then. Uh, we'll, we'll be back. I think we're going to try to be back this weekend. We'll talk a little bit about what happened at the draft. Maybe there'll be some more trades to talk about. And then we will speculate a lot about this upcoming free agency season, which I think is going to be a lot of fun. I mean, these past few days in the NBA have been unbelievable, but uh, I think this, this summer is going to be crazy, especially with the free agency. Yeah, I completely agree. Everybody's, uh, everybody's going to get nuts uh, trying to either tank and try to get good picks or uh, try to compete with the Warriors and Cavs. Yep. I think that's, that's uh, about right. All right. So we will be back in a couple of days. Uh, enjoy the, the draft and the trades, whatever else happens. Um, this has been the pick and roll podcast and thanks for listening. <laughs>